You're listening to the Hudson Valley Region Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ, teaching and worshiping God in the beautiful New York State counties of Orange and Rockland. This morning, I'm going to continue our Bible study series that we've been doing the last couple of weeks on the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are found in the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 5. Uh, and uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is a sermon that Jesus gave on a mountain, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount. But we're, we're specifically focusing on the Beatitudes, the first 12 verses. And if you've missed any part of this and you'd like to go back and listen to it, it is available online. Uh, last week I was out of town, and I heard our brother Roland did an amazing job uh, speaking in my place. And uh, not only did I hear that from some of you, but I actually went and listened to it and heard it. And he did do an amazing job. And it was, uh, I'm so thankful for brothers like, like, like Roland who are willing to step in and to preach and teach from their conviction. I am a paid full-time minister, but Roland is not. Uh, he's just a man with conviction. And that's what I think makes it even more powerful when you hear from brothers and sisters in the church here who believe this and live this uh, on a daily basis. So just for a reminder, let me go ahead and reread to you the first 12 verses of the Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, this is the opening of one of the greatest sermons ever preached. And we have, the last couple of weeks, we've been dissecting this. And we've been taking each of these, what are called Beatitudes, each of these blessed statements. Blessed meaning happy or fortunate. And we're really dissecting these because we're taking a look at what is important to God. So many of these things that we look at are just opposite of what we think the, nowadays, isn't it? I mean, you read some of these and you think, ah, I don't know if I really agree with that one. I mean, these are some things that Jesus sort of takes spirituality and turns it upside down and that's what he's doing here and so that's what we're studying out today today we are on uh, verse five blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth blessed are the meek so today we're going to talk about being meek now i must warn you this is a tough lesson i thought when i started out studying this on my own and looking at it preparing this lesson i thought Meekness. 
oh, that'll be easy. You know, just throw a couple things out there. But I have to confess to you, the more I've studied it, the more I've convicted I've become about my own life. And so I'm going to pass that along to you. So that's why I'm giving you a fair warning up front. Go ahead and buckle yourself in a little bit. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures, and we're really going to look into what this whole idea of meekness means. Oftentimes in our world, meekness is associated with weakness. People think of meekness and they think of weakness. They think, well, I don't really know what meekness means, but it sounds like weakness. So I guess they just must be similar, right? They rhyme, I guess. So maybe I don't really know what meekness means and and it sounds like weakness, so it just must be weakness. And that's kind of how we think about it sometimes in our life. But the truth is, I think the truth is, the truth isn't that we don't know what meekness means. I think if we're honest, I think we know what meekness means. I think we have an idea of meekness. And the truth is, isn't that we think it's weakness because they rhyme. We think it's weakness because we just don't want to do it. We live in a life as, as humans. We generally don't think of meekness as something to aspire to. We look at people who are meek as people who get run over people who get taken advantage of and we live in a culture and a society where that is seen as a weakness so it's not our lack of understanding that makes us think it's weakness i think it's our exact understanding of it and that makes us think it's weakness and if we're honest we just don't want to do it the word meek the greek word that is translated into the word meek simply means exactly what you think it means to be gentle It means to be mild. It means to be humble. You know, I've heard people say, and I've actually repeated this myself. I've heard it preached and I've read uh, people's commentary that that the idea of meekness means power under control. You know, sort of like a horse, you know, a a horse that is big and strong and muscular, but has been been broken and 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 in his power, but under control. And I think that is probably a good idea of the biblical concept but if you just look at the word itself just the greek word here meek that's translated meek it just means exactly what you think gentle mild humble this word meek appears that the greek word appears four times in the new testament once it's translated here which we just read as the word meek the other three times the same word is translated into english as gentle three times and those scriptures are matthew 5 verse 5 matthew 11 verse 29 matthew 21 verse 5 and first peter 3 verse 4 in fact of those verses i think my favorite one is matthew chapter 11 verses 27 and 28 here jesus is speaking about himself He's sharing about himself. He's describing his own heart. And he uses the word meek in there, which is translated gentle. He says in Matthew chapter 11, uh, 27 and 28, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Do we have any weary and burdened people today? Yeah, that was rhetorical, but thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we got one on the front row. All right, good. All right. And one right behind you. Good. All right. Thank you for your honesty. 
Come to me, Jesus says, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. By yoke, he's talking about that, 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 that instrument that was put upon two oxen that would, would use them to, to, to plow the field. Take my yoke, he says, upon, upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. Or the Greek word is meek. Jesus says, for I am meek and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. That's an amazing verse. Jesus uses this word meek, which we so often see as a liability in our character. And he says, that is my heart. It doesn't mean that Jesus didn't have strong actions. It doesn't mean that he didn't say strong things at times. But his heart, the motivation, the, the, the fire behind it came from a place of meekness, of gentleness. That's the man that we follow. If you take a look at this word even deeper and you look at variations of the Greek word for meek, you look up meekness, right? You really even then get a greater picture as to what this really means and and, and what it is that God values and expects from us. Galatians chapter 5, verse 23. It teaches that one of the fruits of the Spirit, you know, one of the evidences that you have the Spirit in you is gentleness, which the Greek word is also meekness. So it is a proof. It is it is a fruit of the Spirit living in you is that you will be meek. The Bible teaches us in Galatians chapter 1. It says, if your brother or your sister is caught in a sin, you should help them. But you should help them with meekness. That word's in there. It's translated gentleness in the NIV. You should help them meekly. Is that how we help each other? Or do we... Are we aggressive when we try to help each other? We should try to help. We should definitely help each other, but we should do it with a spirit of meekness. And it even goes on to say you should be careful because you can get sucked right in too if you're not careful. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. It, it just clearly says to us as followers that we should be completely humble and gentle. Or the word is meek. We should be completely humble, not partially humble, not humble on Sundays and then not the other days, not humble when we're around Christians, but unhumble at home, not humble. (laughs) My wife just looked at me. Um, (laughs) I, 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 I'm sure that was a confession on your part, right? Yes. Okay, good. That's fine. No, that's cool. No, I forgive you, honey. And, uh. Wow, dude, it's getting, is it warm in here? It is hot. Woo, it must be the sun. I'm sitting, you know, isn't it hard? You're preaching on it, but you don't do it. Okay, amen, it's really convenient. All right, let me get back to the word, all right? Ephesians 4, verse 2 says, be completely, even at church, right, when you're preaching, be completely humble and meek. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Colossians 3 verse 12. It says to us, 
It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, all right, that's who we are spiritually. We are the chosen people of God. If you are a Christian, as as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, which is also meekness and patience. This is how we should clothe ourselves. You know, you're not born with clothes. These are not, you've got to learn to put clothes on, right? These are not things you're born with. These are things you and I have got to work at and to learn. We've got to clothe ourselves. Don't be wearing the Speedo of humility, all right? Don't, come on, man, put on the parka. No one wants to see that, all right? Put on... Put, put on. I know. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't want that visual. Put on the parka of humility, man. Put it all on. Cover yourself. Don't be like, well, I'll be humble just in one or two areas of my life. No, man. Yeah, you're, you're welcome for that. Clothe yourself with meekness, the Bible says. 2 Timothy 2, 24. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. Huh? What? And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful, Opponents must be meekly instructed or gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of truth. I told you, man, this is convicting stuff. Titus 3 verses 1 and 2 remind the people. All right, I'm going to do what this says. Remind the people. I'm reminding you. Remind the people to be subject to to rulers and authorities. This is the Bible. This is the Bible. I'm not, this is the Bible speaking. Be subject to rulers and authorities. To be obedient. Obedience is not just for children. It's for the fully matured disciple of Jesus. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities. To be obedient to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate and to and always to be meek toward everyone or gentle. It's the same word. That's the Bible, brothers and sisters. This is who we are to be. James 3. You, you done? Because I'm not. There's more. James 3. Who is the wise and understanding among you? Let them, that's rhetorical. You can raise your hand if you like. Who, who here is wise? Who is understanding? All right. Here's how you show it. Let them show it by their good life. Not by saying, hey guys, I want you to know I'm very wise and I'm super understanding. Just want to let everybody, that's not how you show it. You show it, the Bible says, by your good life. By deeds done in meekness is the word there. Translated in the NIV, humility. Deeds done in meekness that come from wisdom. First Peter 3, 
verse 15. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer for everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with meekness and respect. Wow. This is what God values. Do you get the picture? God wants us to be meek people. God values meekness. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. This is tough stuff, man. And if this, if, if, if the whole idea of being meek isn't enough, I think Jesus makes it even more challenging by the reward that he offers. He says, meekness, those who are meek, will inherit the earth. The path to, the path to dominance, the path to victory, the path to, to, to inheriting the earth is gentleness, is being mild, it's being humble. That's going to be the last man standing. That's the last woman standing. This is so opposite of what we think as humans, isn't it? We put a premium on people who are aggressive and loud and pushy. We, we value that. Unless we're the recipient of it, then we're not so fired up about it. But in general... We put a premium. Think of all the people in history or all the countries in history who have at times tried to conquer the world. Think about the Assyrians who tried to conquer the known world. Think about the Babylonians who came after them. Think about the Persians who came later. Think about the Greeks and Alexander the Great who conquered the entire known world and then died at age 33. Think about the Romans Think about Genghis Khan, who at his death in 1227 A.D. had conquered half of the globe when he died. Think about the British. At one point, the British Empire, the sun never set on the British Empire. Think about the Germans, twice tried to conquer the world. Think about all of these people. They all have two things in common. Number one, they might have had a tiny bit of success, but then they all failed. All of them, their kingdoms are either total, uh, very diminished currently or completely gone altogether. But the other thing those people or those kingdoms have in mind is they all employ the same non-meek technique. Didn't they? They all tried to conquer the world through aggression and brute force. The meek, Jesus said, will inherit the earth. It's the exact opposite of our expectations. God values meekness. Let me tell you this. If you haven't figured this out already, gentleness is powerful. Gentleness is powerful. Years ago, we used to have a tree, a couple trees in our yard. And this one tree in particular, I would, I would buy, I bought these landscaping blocks and I made a little circular uh, you know garden around it and then I filled it full of dirt and compost and then I planted all these plants and so that there was the idea was to just make it sort of beautiful you know there's a big beautiful tree followed by these heavy 
you know, stones and a little garden around the bay. It was a beautiful thing. But every year or so, maybe more often than that, sometimes a little, little less often, I would have to take all those blocks apart and rebuild it. You know why? Because that tree would move those blocks. As the tree grew, as the roots went out, those blocks began to shift. And it wasn't as aesthetically pleasing as I had originally built it. It became crooked and out of shape and broken. So I had to take it apart and move it. Listen, gentleness is powerful. The tree didn't move those blocks overnight. You know, I didn't wake up one day and they're fine. And the next day there, it was gentle and it was slow, but it was powerful. Gentleness is so so powerful. Proverbs 15, verse 1. It says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Which are you more guilty of in difficult situations? Are you guilty of a harsh word? Or are you guilty of gentle answers? That's how powerful. I can't look at my wife anymore. I can't. That's how powerful. (laughs) A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 25, 15. Through patience, a ruler can be persuaded. And a gentle tongue can break a bone. Wow. That is the power of gentleness philippians 4 verse 5 let just plainly tells us let your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near mic drop boom sit down (laughs) let your gentleness be evident to all How's your gentleness? Is there enough evidence out there to support your argument that you're a gentle person? Is there evidence? It should be evident to everybody. It's not a liability. It is a strength. Man, I'm telling you, this is heavy stuff, isn't it? I'm telling you, this is, I thought this would be easy. This is convicting stuff. You know why? Because it is too easy to live angry it's too easy it's too easy to live angry especially when you've been wronged isn't it and we've all been wronged it's too easy i was at the movies the other day standing in the concession line my family went in to get their seats and i'm waiting there and there was a long line you know when you're trying to get your popcorn before the movie and They're not really moving at the pace you want, but it was a long line. But I'm standing there and some people cut in line. That's exactly what happened there. Now, I happened to be looking down at my phone at the time. And when I looked up, I saw I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was bothered. I was bothered by it. I was bothered. But I didn't even have to say anything because everybody else did. Seriously, the level of hostility escalated over popcorn. I'm just saying it's too easy to live angry. 
It is too easy. Listen, and that's just popcorn. We live in a world right now full of legitimate evil, real evil, real evil. We live in a world where people are full of hatred. People are full of fear. People are full of racism. People are full of prejudices and people are killing people and then they're blaming people and they're yelling at people. There is legitimate evil out there and it is painful and it is wrong. But listen, as Christians, we got to be careful. We got to be careful or we can get sucked in too. We can get sucked in and our hearts can be contaminated with all of this. Our pain can turn into hatred and racism and fear and blaming and yelling. We got to be careful, brothers and sisters. I am not saying that you won't get angry. Of course you'll feel angry. Of course we will. But I'm saying it's too easy to live angry. You got to stop living angry. The moment that you get sucked into the world is the moment you cease to be a light. It's the moment your light goes out and you disappear into the crowd of hatred and bitterness and you become ineffective. That's it. Don't be that. We got to watch our hearts. We must be meek we must it's the only hope that people have let me remind you let me remind you of what you already know the only hope for our terrible world is jesus that is it and you and me we are the light we are the light there is no room in here in this group It's out there, but there's no room in here for hatred. There is no room in here for anger. There is no room for racism. There is no room for prejudice in his church. If that is in your heart, repent. Change. Change. There's no room for that. We've got to be careful or we will get sucked in. I don't watch the 24-7 news programs. I don't watch them. I watch the news. I watch and read enough of the news to to be informed, to know what's going on around the world. I'm not oblivious to what's going on, but I don't listen to these radio programs where people just talk for an hour or two hours. I don't listen to those. You know why? Because they're so often full of hatred and anger. And you got to be careful because whatever you feed yourself, that's what you become. And I've seen it happen to so many people. People get so wrapped up on stuff they read online or they get so wrapped up in things that some guy says on the radio or so wrapped up about these three guys on TV fighting and arguing. Listen, if two strangers walked into your house and started fighting just randomly, you wouldn't accept that. You'd say, leave. I don't even know who you are, but take it outside, not in front of my kids, not in front of my wife. You'd remove it. Why do you turn on the TV and let it in? Why? Why? That's not the answer. The answer, thank you, is Jesus. It's Jesus, guys. It is, please be meek people. Please. 
please, I plead with you. As Peter pleaded in Acts 2 with the people, I'm pleading with you. Please, don't give up on meekness. Meekness is powerful stuff. According to our master. It is powerful stuff. And if you're sitting here right now thinking, wow, I'm glad he's saying that because that person needs to hear it. You have already failed the meekness tests. But you can repent and look at your heart and yourself. The real question is this. Do you really believe Jesus? Do you? Do you really believe Jesus? Do you really trust the medication he's prescribed for the problem? Do you? Or like Abraham with Ishmael, do you feel like you got to take it into your own hands? That you need to add your two cents or your part or your, you, you need to be, you need to do, or do you trust in God? Here's another verse that actually includes this word meekness in the Greek. James chapter 1 verse 19 through 21. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth. And that's talking about you. Not, Not you go on a crusade. You take care of the moral filth in you. Me, take care of the moral filth in me. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and meekly accept or humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Wow. Wow. I have planted a lot of the word in you today. A lot. If you've missed any of it, you can have my notes. Or you can go online and listen to this sermon. But I have planted a lot of the word in you. Do what it says and accept it with meekness. With meekness. Let's be meek people. Phil, where do I start? Glad you asked. You start with the verse that I read you earlier. How do you take on meekness? How do you change your heart? Not just your actions but the insides of you. How do you find that? Well, you find that in one place. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. You won't find rest for your body. Your body will still be tired. But your soul can find rest. How many of you need rest for your souls? How many of you you feel your, your soul is restless? And you need some rest. You need to find some calmness. You need to find some meekness. Jesus is the answer to that. We turn to him. My point today really is this. Meek ain't weak. 
Hopefully you see that now. Hopefully you understand that meekness is not a liability. Meekness is a godly characteristic that is the very heart of Jesus. It takes an incredible amount of strength and faith and focus and heart to be like Jesus. It takes the same amount of strength and faith and focus and heart to be meek. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Let's close out with a prayer together, and then the singers will come up in song. Pray with me. God, we thank you so much that we are able to open your word. God, I feel I feel convicted, I feel challenged, and I feel inspired all at the same time. And I thank you, because that I know that's the power of your word. I pray you will help me to change, not just on my outside, but on my inside. God, I pray you will help all of us to change. We all need your help to be what you want us to be. God, we see what you want us to be, but we fall short even trying to be what you want to be. So we ask you to help us, even with our part of the deal, even with what we're supposed to do. You already have done what you want to do, what you're going to do. Please help us to do what you need us to do. We need you that much. Help us, God. Help us. We pray this in your son's Jesus name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Hudson Valley Region podcast. For more information about our ministry or to attend a church service, please visit our website at hvregion.com. 